Good evening, welcome to Love Sport Radio. Jake Watson with you till 10 pm. We've got the fan shows. As you said, they've both got themselves 90 minutes this evening. It's just nice to see, isn't it? Arsenal, 7 until 8.30. Joined in the studio by a couple of usual suspects, Chris and Dave. Buongiorno. Um, but we've also got someone else in the studio. So do you want to put that mic a little bit closer to you, Dave? Sorry, I was mild. <laughs> <Fail>. Come on, <laughs> mate. It's the one thing we need to talk into. Um, we've got another guest as well. Do you want to just give it? We'll, we'll speak to Samir in, in more depth later on, but just kind of want to say who we've got here and what we'll be doing a little bit later. Yeah, so uh, we've been trying to get this secured for a while, and obviously Samir has to get the permission of the club. But tonight we've got Samir Singh from Arsenal AFC and Community. Uh, Obviously, we want to find out all the work they do in the community local to the club. So we've asked Sammy to come in and it's been two months in the making. So Sammy is here with us tonight. So the plan is we'll we'll talk about Bournemouth and, and whatnot for a little while. And then we want ideally some people calling in, posing some yeah, questions about the work that he does and, and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah? yeah, absolutely. If not, we'll do it all for them. Exactly. Because I know that you can talk and you have lots <laughs> of questions anyway. Can I just say, yes. mate, I have some beard envy going on right now. You, yeah. you're, you're rocking it. I've got to be honest. I've all of this week, everyone in this building has has, has made a comment about me looking unkempt. No, love it. You like it? Love unkempt it. Kept or unkempt? Unkempt. <laughs> Ross Kempt. Ross Kempt. Jake. Um, so yeah, thank you for that. You're, right, I, I've had ten ten negatives. But I'll hold on to the one positive from, from you, Do and that. I'm going to continue to grow. We've got three beards and, and me, who would take about two years to get even half of it. So. If, if, and you're the only one in this this building that did Movember. <laughs> <laughs> you could still uh, sponsor yeah. Dave. You've got approximately two days left. So it's a great effort. It's a great effort. Anyway, let's talk about Arsenal. Uh, should we go straight into Bournemouth? Yeah, let's do that. Let's yeah. do it. So it's two one. Uh, it's a good win. An entertaining game. Um, of the three goals, the best one was from Jefferson Lerma. Mm. What a Racker. volley that was! Rivaling Lee Dixon against uh, lobbing yeah. David Seaman. All I mean, those that years ago. that helps, doesn't it? In a game, if somebody's <laughs> going to do that, not not suggesting for one second you didn't deserve to win the game, no. but if somebody, if the opposition player is going to score a goal like that, then you kind of just say thank you very much. I'm match winner. I think the thing that surprised everyone, Jake, which, which we were talking about off air, is I don't think any Arsenal fans saw that formation change coming. No. You know, it hadn't been touted, no one had mentioned it, you know, anyone who's been at Colney hadn't come out, hadn't leaked. It was a complete surprise to be a three four three. We haven't I think he's played that once for like half in the Europa League maybe. Yeah, I think so. Um and what fascinated me was um it didn't really. I don't know if it really affected Bournemouth's game plan too much because it looked to me from the first twenty minutes. Again, we were talking about this off air. Mm. It looked to me like Bournemouth's game plan was essentially get the ball like long diagonals into the channels and get in behind the fullbacks. It was almost as if like Emery said, "All right, I know you're going to do that, so I'm going to play three at the back and I'm going to push the fullbacks really high up the pitch." We had Bellerin. I was watching at times. Bellerin and Kalasinic were essentially pressing, or they were in halfway into the second half, into the opponent half. Yeah, that's when they scored. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> but Bournemouth, Bournemouth yeah. and Arsenal, to be fair, have very clear identities of, of the way that you, they play, and you say that you know that 
he thinks that Unai was probably going to set up a certain way. But do you think Unai changed the formation because of the way Bournemouth were playing or just because maybe he wanted to try something different? I just think, I think everyone had been debating all week whether Socrates was going to come, or Socrates, as our, <laughs> Socrates. As our erstwhile we, colleague who's not, not here. With, that, yeah. Yeah. He's, not, he's, he's not here, we can, we can do with that. Whether Socrates was going to come back in and if he did, who was going to drop out? Because yeah. Holding's been playing out of his skin and it's probably the longest run he's had in the side. And despite his, you know, much maligned, Mustavi's been playing very well as well. So people are thinking, who's going to drop out? Maybe Emery had the same problem. He just thought, well, I've got two centre-backs in great form and I've got our best centre-back from before he was injured fit. Yeah. Let's have a look. But it's allowed as well. I don't know. Klasnach to, to come in and, and also have a bit of a run and he's not really had it since he proper signed for the club, really. Yeah, I think it took the pressure off of him a little bit when you're playing Holding there. Although, having said that, I didn't think Holding was amazing in the first half and I think it's not so much um, the way he played, it's more his style because he's not as mobile, is he? Mm. Um, I don't know. It's... I think it benefits him. I think it benefits Kolasinic and it benefits Bellerin as well, mm. uh, playing with full backs, pushed really high and playing three at yeah, the back. Yeah, I mean, I, we, I wrote about it today, actually. But the, the, we had, um, a few weeks ago, we had uh, Romain Molina, the guy who did the biography of Emery when he was obviously... Yeah. Like, predominantly, he's updated it now, but predominantly written when he was in Spain. And he, he was very clear that Emery's identity has always been you know, two defensively field players give the front four licence, but the width will always come yeah. from the fullbacks. So, you know, we have the width from the fullbacks now, but Klazinak is arguably the the best attacking fullback we've got. It's just the question is, can he defend? And I think most Arsenal fans would say, so far the evidence is that he's not very good at the, he's not very good at that part of the game. So playing with a back three gives him a lot more licence. The question also then remains is with Monreal, I think it's been announced today he's out for a few more weeks. Was that uh, come out again today? I think so, yeah. Is that, I'm not well, Sammy might correct me. I'm sure I saw that on social media today. So Klazinak's got an opportunity. Whether we play four or three, he's got an extended run in the side to mm. prove that Emery doesn't need to go out in January and buy another left back. And that's the thing. Like Ben Chilwell. <laughs> <laughs> Hands off. <laughs> yeah, let's have Chili's him. Chili's ours. He's, Chili's a ours. he's a good player. I'd take him. And do you know what? It's weird because me and Dave had actually yeah, yeah. a Twitter conversation probably in the summer. And I said, you know, if you, if you gave us probably... I don't know if we talked yeah. about money, but... Well, Honestly, you just said Leicester fans weren't convinced, and I was surprised. And we, and we weren't. He yeah. he became the scapegoat last season. Really? More often not because he's been playing left midfield, and he's better at running as a fullback. But he surprised everyone. In if the season was to end now, he'd be Leicester's player of the season. Yeah, and fully oh, wow. deserves his. his and one of place. England's right now. Yeah. And and absolutely, if you look right now, I think he'd get in most top six sides at, at left back, which, as I say, completely took me by surprise. But mm. anyway, on on Kolasinac and kind of the formation change if Unai continues to go with this 3-4-3 three, three, is there any other players likely to benefit like Kolasinac would do or do you think it's mainly he's the he's the big winner from this well it wouldn't change the the two in midfield so that would you know no. first choice now is obviously um Shaka and Torreira what what it's going to force a decision on is the one that he made at the weekend, which is the Ozil decision, isn't yes. it? So if he's going to go back to the formation that Wenger played a couple of years ago, which was the three four three, then you know you're playing two tens behind a striker. So two two of well two of the five Lacazette, Aubameyang, or Mkhitaryan, Ozil, and Owobi can't play. What about Ramsey? Well, he's. He's out, he's out of my head because he's, he's, he's not going to be an Arsenal player. So he, well, he's he's travelling for the Europa League to play in wherever we're playing. Where, you know? Wherever that's he's not yeah. he's not a first choice player. So he's not going yeah. to be selected in the first choice team, and he hasn't been all season. He's always coming off the bench. Yeah. So yeah, so the, the, the uh, this was a strange one again that 
not only not selecting Ozil, but then making the decision to sort of come out and tell the Arsenal fraternity why he hadn't selected Ozil. What did you think, Chris? I mean, effectively saying he's a bit weak in big away games. Do you know what? I <laughs> think that there's been too much media um, hype around this because, I, you know, Emery's been rotating players all season and just because he's decided to rotate Ozil this week... No, it's saying sudden, why he rotated him, though. He actually he, came he out and really, said... Yeah, but he didn't... Or did really, he not? Did I, I read think, between the lines I there? can't remember exactly what he said, but I'm <laughs> sure it was something along the lines of... Um, you know, it wasn't quite. He wasn't quite right for this game, or just something like that. I thought it was a bit wishy-washy, personally, mm. and that's exactly what you want from your manager. Because why on earth would you say, "Oh yeah, no, he's got," you know, he gets nudged off the ball easier, or "Oh, he doesn't have pace here, so we just left him out." You know, that's not. That's that, he's not going to say that, is he? Or is he? Very interesting. Yeah. So it, yeah, if that was the formation, I think long term it would be mm. Ozil plus one of the other two. So Owobi or Mkhitaryan would be the ones who'd miss out, and obviously one of. Aubameyang and Lacazette would miss out. OK, um, across the country and in Europe, there's some other games going on this evening. In the early kickoffs in the Champions League, Atletico Madrid are beating Monaco 2-0. Lokomotiv Moscow are beating Galatasaray 2-0. We've got some team news as well in the Champions League. Um, Liverpool are playing at PSG tonight. The Liverpool team is Alisson, Gomez, Lovren, Van Dijk, Robertson, Milner, Henderson, Wijnaldum, Mane, Salah and Firmino. The PSG team very quickly is Buffon, Carrere, Thiago, Silva, Kimpembe, Bernat, Marquinhos, Verata, Verati, Di Maria, Mbappe, Neymar, and Cavani. And the Spurs team? Boo. Thank you. Shouldn't have to <laughs> wait that long. Should have been ready for that. I was leaning back <laughs> in my chair. Sorry, mate. Lloris in goal. Uh, Serge Aurier right back. Aldeverad, Vertonghen, Davies, Winks, Sissoko, Lamella, Deli Ali, Lucas Moura, and Harry Kane. And the Millwall team just because they're in the championship and they're playing against Birmingham City this evening Jordan Archer in goal Meredith Hutchinson Cooper Williams Wallace Gregory Ferguson Romeo Morrison and Leonard those ones are 7.45 the Champions League ones at 8pm kickoff. That's, uh, that's quite an interesting selection as far as we're concerned. Did I just also see Super Motang, Motang is playing, he's on the bench, as in Stoke City, Super <laughs> Motang, y- yeah, PSG. But can't, let, do you know what? We'll talk about those squad selections and this team news in a couple of moments after the break, please. Love Sport Radio, the station giving fans a voice. Yeah, welcome back. It's the Arsenal Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. I uh, just went through a couple of the team newses there. Eric Chupamoti is, as you mentioned, on the bench for, for PSG. What, what, does that surprise you that much? Do you, I, do you not think that maybe just Stoke weren't very good last season? Yeah, yeah I mean, to be fair, you look at Shakiri and all of a sudden he's, he's apparently doing quite well at Liverpool. Exactly. So, you know, it's just odd. I, I think I find some signings like that quite odd. You get big clubs like PSG and you expect, I mean, the, front, the first 11, 12, 13 mm. players are all, you know, megastars. And of course, they're not going to fill the entire squad of 25 yeah. of them with megastars. And, you know, the I odd did, free I didn't even know his first name was Eric. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the story, the story, <laughs> the bigger story there is, is that Thomas Tuchel is now the manager at PSG, PSG yeah, went in the summer and Tupamoting was playing in Germany a few years ago and he's actually quite ah, rated okay. over there. And they've got a bit of financial stuff looming over them. So on a free transfer, he was just a yeah. number to fill out the squad. And in Ligue 1, 
So not against Liverpool when he probably could play, he'd probably do a job. Yeah, do to be fair, I mean? he's yeah. not going to be playing in the Champions League final against Liverpool, is he? But in the odd game, in the in in, in the that's because Liverpool aren't going to get numbers. out of the group, though, Jake. To be fair, isn't it? I don't know. <laughs> I, <hope so. laughs> I think they will do the Spurs team as well. Any any thoughts on that? It's it's a because obviously you're playing them next. That's do why you I read anything into them? Yeah, I think it's interesting. No, Ericsson, uh, and also um, who's what's the bench again? It's I actually haven't got the bench. Oh, here. I think it was only Ericsson that jumped out as me as not playing that because Trippi yeah. is injured. And then so. you've got Dyer, I think, is on the bench as well. And and again, I was talking to a couple of mates earlier who are unfortunately Spurs fans, and they said <laughs> and they said that he's been rotating a lot this season. So you know mm. he won't play the full full strength team tonight. And I found so I that bizarre because they, they have to win, win tonight. Yeah, so to win. only Eric Dyer, Chris Eriksson, and Son probably yeah, are the, are the three that have, have, have come out. But then you'd argue that Lamella and Lucas Moura won't be far from, from starting anyway. But yeah, they're playing against uh, Inter Milan this evening. And you're going to be hoping they lose because you don't like Spurs, but also because you're going into a big game against them. Yeah, maybe. I mean, this is you were saying, were you talking about this outside, Dave? The uh, debate about whether or not you actually want Spurs to... Someone said someone said they want Spurs to go through or not. I can't. Well, I think I think it, I can't the, quite from fathom the, that. From personally. a Europa League perspective, you want you don't want people to drop into the Europa League. No. So what you want is Spurs to finish fourth in their group. But I don't even know if that's possible because they don't take that much. They, no, they could do so. Oh, okay, they're, they're, so that's fine. Not third though. They desperately need to win if they've got any hopes of whatsoever of, of getting through. But they're on two points as our PSV interim. And then they've got to go to the new camp. Yeah, so it's unlikely that yeah. they're going to be progressing but a result this evening would mean they'd continue in Europe by going in the Europa League because PSV then have to play into in their final game mm. it's all very complicated it is. but anyway, anyway we get back to Arsenal yeah, it's rubbish. not a competition that we care <laughs> about at the moment so. <laughs> no indeed so our, um, on Ozil we were talking about beforehand how much we potentially read into those comments Chris you're saying that we probably shouldn't do but I, what I'd say is if if they're if he was that important to Emery, he probably wouldn't be saying he wouldn't be suited for this game because if he's your best player, you you always find a way of getting someone that important into your starting lineup. Yeah, I think what Emery's shown this season is that he's happy to shuffle things around, and I don't think there is a best player. There's not somebody that's completely undroppable. Aubameyang has spent time on the bench. Bench Lacazette. We've seen Monreal not start. We've seen um, well. The only one I'd probably think you'd say at the moment is Bellerin because I was the just going to say he's the only one. Yeah. Lichsteiner and Bellas. Be- Bellestin. Bellestin. <laughs> Bellestin. Who's that? <laughs> Sub, get me off. Yeah, the only difference is, you know, there's quite a golfing class between the two of those players. But you think about the centre-halves and, you know, Sogradis has not always played. That was he? a new way of saying it. No, apparently that's the Greek way. No, that was different to the way Dave mm. did it. No, no, yeah, but, but <laughs> I'm, I'm just taking the mick out of Harry in case he's listening. <laughs> he will be. Sogradis, he knows. No, I but what, you, right. what, you, what I think you're alluding to, Jake, is, I mean, J- this was Giles's poll, and uh, we obviously have our normal poll that inspires a discussion yeah. on the show, and the poll basically was, um, you know, to inform the discussion, really, it, it, you know, in view of what Emery said, if, it's, if we're playing a big side away from home, do, do you select Ozil or don't you? And um, 61% of fans came out in favour of Ozil playing against the big away sides, which... I don't think would have always been the case because he does divide opinion. You know, yeah. I thought that might have been closer, and I'm yeah. pleased to see that Ozil was, you know, virtually two thirds of the fans would select him. Yeah, I and think, therefore are disagreeing with their manager. I think there's there's some of the comments in there talk about it yeah. depends on the actual game itself. There is, a mm. bit you know, of that, it depends yeah. on the opponent that we've got. I think Bournemouth is a game where you could play 
I absolutely well. agree. I don't yeah. think that the decision that Emery made at the weekend was the right one because I don't think that Mkhitaryan had a brilliant game. And I think the way that Bournemouth pressed us, so what they did, obviously, they, they pumped balls into the channels, but they also pressed us quite hard in the middle of the pitch. So because they were pe- pressing their, their midfielders forward, there was pockets of space which just felt absolutely perfect for someone like Ozil just to drift into because what he's amazing at doing is finding that space just literally nonchalantly finding that space and then being a man that receives the ball and he never loses it yeah. you rarely see I just Ozil think, lose the ball do you think there's a degree of Emery trying to play Mkhitaryan into confidence yes, and into form I, do. Mm. I mean like he's, a... he's taken him having played at the weekend he's taken him out to uh, Kiev and and a lot of the players who played at the weekend haven't travelled you know, in previous games, he's taken quite a lot of the first-team squad. There's less, I've just seen, that have gone uh, on this trip because, obviously, he wants most of the first-team squad fit for the North London derby. So, mm. you know, maybe he's just trying to play Mkhitaryan into form. Well, I mean, Wenger tried that last yeah. season with Iwobi, didn't he? And it didn't really come up. Trump's <laughs> uh, Arsenal fans I want to get your views as well we're on to 8.30 this evening 0208 70 20 558 is the number or send us a tweet at Love Sport Radio and we'll continue this debate next this is Love Sport Welcome back to Love Sport Radio, the Arsenal fan show with you for another hour or so. We're talking about the Bournemouth game and the interesting selections, particularly in in formation. But we're talking about Ozil, but I want to kind of move away from him, but also at the same time around him. And those two players that arguably started in front of him, Mkhitaryan and Alex Iwobi, have either of those done that much to push someone like Ozil out. Do you know what I mean? If two players have been playing so brilliantly and it came to the point that actually you can't really argue with Ozil being dropped, but I'm not too sure that Mkhitaryan and Iwobi have done that much to allow Ozil to sit on the bench. Yeah, I mean, with the, for my money, Iwobi is somebody that's vastly improved from last season. I think. But is he better? No, he's not. But is it, what, is he, no, is he's it, better than last role. season or better than no, Ozil? No, be- a better option in that position, in that formation. Well, in that formation, it, it would yeah. be a Wobi and Ozil. Yeah, they play together. Yeah. So, um, for Mkhitaryan, for me, no. I don't think... I mean, we had an argument about well, this. Well, in that argument, earlier, it's but... just hard, isn't it? When you, when he's come in on £180,000, £200,000 a week, your expectations are high. When you saw what he did at Dortmund, I think most Arsenal fans it, thought he'd just got ruined a bit by Mourinho, like so many yeah, players. he did, actually, and that, didn't when he? he, 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 did, and, when he and when he came... You know, and we have seen you guys. We yeah. have oh, much better, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then we have seen glimpses. You know, like that Chelsea game at the beginning of the season. He was yeah, absolutely really sensational. Um, and I just think I don't know what it is. I really don't know. Uh, I wish I did. But he just he, looks haunted. He hasn't he? become a bad player. He's a very good player, but he's just not playing on his form. Whereas Iwobi deserves his place in the team. Yeah, you know, he, he really does. Iwobi's you know been I mean? better, but Ozil his ball is... retention's better than Mkhitaryan. He's he's you know he's he's moving with the ball is better than Mkhitaryan. The only thing with Iwobi you can question is his final pass but that's improved as well and he can beat a man and, and get to the byline which again Mkhitaryan doesn't seem to want to do so yeah so I mean so. it's a I've I've seen a much better I mean I was certainly a critic of Iwobi last season this season it feels like you know Emery has kicked him on but actually you can say that about a lot of the players a lot of the players seem like they've got a bit more of a lease well, of life I mean, about you, them don't you they? have to you have to say it's the Emery effect I mean what else can it be I mean you know nothing else has changed that much I mean you, you only listen to the players themselves particularly Iwobi saying that he, the manager has faith in me. He tells me to keep trying it. If it doesn't work, try it again. And you know whether Wenger told him to do that or not. You get the impression that 
he yeah. went into his shell a bit because he was getting people were getting on his back. Maybe the fans, maybe other players. I don't know, but he definitely went into his shell. And last season, he was nowhere near the player he was even two years before that when he broke into the side. So three years down the line, mm. he's getting back to what we saw when he first mm. broke into the side in 2014 through 15. Yeah, I thought in particular as well your second goal. I mean, Kalasnitz, as you mentioned, you think he's probably one of the best crosses you've got at the club, but. That was the pass from Iwobi, which was so, so good and, and incisive and perfect weight mm. that allowed Klasnitz to put that in. And I have to say, I've always been a little bit of a s- critic of Iwobi. I just, I, I don't know what kind of player he is. You know, mm. he's, is, is he a Theo Walcott in terms of your blistering pace, but no. hasn't, maybe got that, <laughs> hasn't, hasn't maybe got that same technical ability? But I'm talking about players who play in the same positions who, who get critic, who get, who get criticised. Now I'm looking, is he, is he a technical player who is looking for those incisive passes like someone like Ameza Ozil or is he a Theo Walcott or is he just kind of somewhere in between? And I think, and same with Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, people said the same about him, just kind of not really knowing what kind of footballer he is. And then it, it's kind of, hard to almost know what to look out for when you're not too sure what he's offering the team but do you feel that he's finally kind of starting to, to mature and to show what he has to offer and, and a particular style? I think if if we look at the formation that Emery's gone to most games which is the 4-2-3-1 uh, the width as I said at the beginning of the show comes from the fullback so Aubameyang can get closer to Lacassette and Iwobi can tuck in and get closer to Ozil they're not Wobi will provide the, the width and go and try and beat a man, but he doesn't have to. You know, Bellerin will come outside him, so he, he provides more technical ability coming inside. Um, so I think the formation shoot, it, it, it suits him more than when he played it under Wenger, where he was expected to stay wide. Mm. Where, know, he, one, he gets more freedom to to come inside. Yeah, one of his biggest strengths is if you give the ball to him at his feet. He will just drive and he scares defenders. The problem is, is he scares defenders, they backtrack. He'll then beat the man and then, you know, Daisy cut a ball into the goalkeeper's gloves. He's a very, very technically... I mean, the ball sticks to his feet when he runs. Yeah. And I that, have to there say, aren't he, many of those players around these days. He hasn't always striked me as a, as a technically gifted footballer. He looks mm. like a bit of a roadrunner with no real end product. Well, the end product's definitely been the problem, but the actual technical ability when dribbling with the ball at yeah. pace has always been there it's, to, it's what he does at the end of that dribble that's yeah. been the problem yeah. definitely and he's, that has improved but there's plenty of players in the Premier League with a similar problem well, I, th- I, th- I think Giles would say that last year when he played for Nigeria he seemed to play with more freedom yeah than he, did, than he was for Arsenal and they were seeing the best of him and the Nigerian fans absolutely <laughs> love that so <laughs> Uh, he scores important goals, he, he assists for them, and he wasn't doing that for us, he now is. If you think about what people said about Raheem Sterling um, three, four years ago, and think of the player that he is now, mm. if if Wobi was to have the same sort of trajectory, he'd have a, he'd be a similar sort of playing style. But he's, you know, I'm not trying to compare the two right now. Sterling's quicker as well, apart. though. I mean, he is faster than yeah. Sterling. Yeah. yeah. I think they're both equally frustrating, but one of them has managed to make that end product yeah. a little bit higher in terms of his percentages and that's probably just all what's missing with Iwobi just turning those percentages from you know your, your cross success from a, a 20% to a 60% you're still going to be probably one of those frustrating footballers but at the end of the season it will equate to twice as many assists and twice as many goals yeah, yeah. well I think Arsenal fans have just been crying out for years for a, for a coach who will improve our footballers and you know whatever Wenger has done for the club no one's ever going to take that away but he seemed no. to have stopped improving players as regularly as he perhaps once did and that that's what Emery seems to be doing which is what we what we need particularly if we haven't got the the purse strings that everyone else you know has got or the deep pockets 
well, I think you do. Wow. <laughs> I don't buy that line at all. I was having the same conversation with Crystal Palace fans, actually, last night when they're talking about an inability to buy players. And I see other Premier League clubs not bankrolled by some mega-rich billionaire because that's what Crystal Palace say. They said they've not got a you know a sugar daddy as such. I was like, well, lots of Premier League clubs don't, but still are able to pay you know thirty million pounds on a football. And I, I still cannot get my head around Arsenal saying in the summer they only had fifty million pounds basically it's to not spend the, on players. I don't think it's the amount that outland the players. It's the wage bill that's stopping Arsenal investing. You know, mm. the, they have to cut the wage bill before they can reinvest in players. It's not the actual amount of capital outlay. I think it's the problem. Samir, who is employed by the club, is nodding <laughs> silently in the corner. Uh, I think it's the, the wage bill that needs to come down because of financial fair play as so a percentage is, of our turnover. So is Ramsey a big reason behind that, do you think? I think almost definitely, yeah. They weren't going to pay him what he wanted, so... OK, uh, early kickoffs in the Champions League, still 2-0 to Atletico Madrid against Monaco. And the same scoreline, 2-0 Lokomotiv Moscow against Galatasaray. Championship kickoffs at 7.45, Millwall in action this evening. And also, the Champions League games, there's Liverpool playing there against PSG and Spurs are playing against Inter Milan. Those kickoffs are at 8 o'clock. I'll give you score updates as and when the goals go in. You're listening to the Arsenal Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. 5.58 a.m. Love sports. Just away from football for a second, I've just seen on Twitter, Billy Joe Saunders, the boxer, uh, friends with Tyson Fury, has bet £70,000 that Of his... Tyson Fury's own money. <laughs> well, no, no, but he's bet 70000 70, that he thinks Tyson will beat Deontay. But what I saw early in the week is that Tyson is going to donate every single penny from his, match, from his boxing purse to a homeless charity. He says, you know, he's going to end up like every other boxer at the end of his career without a penny. So he may as well give it to homeless while he's got it. He says, what do I need it for? That's brilliant. Wow. I'm not, not sure how true that is. You yeah. know when, when these, these things fly around on Twitter? I haven't had that verified, but apparently <laughs> he's going to give all his money to a homeless charity. So, yeah. Anyway, Love Sport Radio, the Arsenal Fan Show. Got another hour with us here, and it's time to introduce our special guest for the evening, um, Samir Singh from the Arsenal in the, the community. And, guys, do you want to kind of take us away with, with Samir? Can I start? Yeah. How lucky do you feel to be an Arsenal fan and get to do that for a job? I've been talking about that with my wife for years and she's like, Chris, they've got a fabulous marketing department. You're just not that good at marketing. And I'm like, fine. Can we at least go and live in the Highbury area? And she's like, no, it's too expensive. So just tell me how lucky you feel. Living the dream. I am very lucky and I am from the Highbury area. I grew up in Newington Green, so it's a... You know, it's a, it's a, I had to get on the tube today, which is very rare for me. Walk, walk to work. I live in Holloway now. But I'm no, very lucky, and I'm, I'm glad I work in the community department. Um, it's sort of in line with my values. Um, maybe, arguably, as an Arsenal fan working in the marketing department, you might have to make more decisions with your head rather than your heart. So that is a different way. The community is certainly all, all heart. Mm. So for people who don't know about the work of Arsenal in the community and various other football clubs have kind of similar versions of. What What is the main idea behind it? What do you hope to achieve by it? Okay, well, it's good you said that first because all the football clubs have 
excellent community schemes. In, in London, fans always think there's big rivalries between the clubs, which of course there are, but yes. not necessarily when it comes to community work. We work very closely. So do you work with the Tottenham in the very community? Very closely, yeah. Do. And all the London clubs, we have something called London United. So um, we meet up regularly. We all do similar work and it's all um, divvied up according to areas. So we'll cover Islington, Camden and Hackney. Tottenham will cover Enfield, Middlesex. Barnet. Um, you know, <laughs> Ch- Charlton will cover Greenwich and Bexley Heath, West Ham, Newham, to Hamlet. So it's all it's all divvied yeah. up. Um, you know, there's enough to do sort of when it comes to that. You're all actually trying to do the the same thing there, but it's not necessarily always um, commensurate size. So you've got to well, here I'll have to shout out some of the clubs with great community departments: Leighton Orient and Millwall and Charlton are excellent. QPR. So it's it's not just the the, the big clubs. And the kind of activities that you do and the people you work with, who are they? Okay, so I said... Is it ha- anyone? Can anyone c- come along and get involved or, or is it kind of a criteria as such? Yeah, it depends on, on the programme. So really we're locally focused. So it's Islington, um, Camden and Hackney are our, are our boroughs. We do a bit up in the training, near the training ground as well. So Hartsmere Borough. Um, so we, we cover that. I'm sorry, I have to move move closer to the, to the <laughs> But um, it, it's it's sometimes not hard to understand because you, you think it's sort of all about sport. And of course it is about sport but really that's the the hook to get people involved and then there's more sort of social outcomes so um recently we had the the launch of our 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 project with freedom from torture which is a a project we run for refugee and asylum seeker project and of course it's a football project but the evaluation uh looked to them feeling connected and having opportunities having something to look forward to those are sort of social outcomes that we'll prioritize over of course, they have fun playing football and physical activity is good for you. Mm. Um, but it's just more more than just football. Is it is is the schools thing the starting point? You know, for, for a lot of this because obviously you you want to get involved with people at a young age and you get involved in all the schools presumably in the area. Yeah, we work closely with all the schools, primary schools, secondary schools, um, the, the special schools, pupil referral unit. Um, we also run a scheme, uh, an alternative provision scheme, that's children who've been excluded from pupil referral units. But there's older programmes we run as well. We do, um, believe it or not, a, a short map bowls programme for older people on the estates and at the uh, the Arsenal Hub, which is where we're we're based. Um, and there's other programmes for, for older people. Um, I go into care homes or have been over recently doing... Uh, football reminiscent sessions where we're um, looking at you know we've got lots of props old programs photographs and brilliant it's, um, it's a good project yeah so um, what would you say if you had to pick one thing that you really really enjoy if you think about all the stuff that you do in a year one thing that you really really enjoy doing the most what, what would it be that's a tough one I'm sure it is a tough one I'm a big fan of our Arsenal double club program we brought some of the resources in these are our schools based resources so we have resources for literacy numeracy um, the, the modern foreign language resources are really cool. If you think that our programs are designed to um, tackle a problem, as it were, in society, one thing is speaking modern languages we're rubbish at in this country. Mm. So that's a, let's say that's a, a problem, as it were. And, 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 um, so our, our resources, if you've got the players on DVD, um, all the usual uh, sub, uh, topics, numbers, colours, body parts, uh, but we've got the players on DVD, and it's instead of... You know, it's Hector Bellerin saying, I have a sister, I have a cat, I have brown eyes, I have, you know, I brush my teeth. There's all the stuff that you need to learn. But it's well, you've a, got the players. Yeah, so we can, you know, they, of course, they can't necessarily always visit schools every day. They're training, mm. but we've got them on DVD. So that's a good example. And I've, I've, I've brought in the, the literacy resources. The, the topic of this one is Unai Emery, the, the season so far. This is what you talk about here, what we talk about as fans in the pub. We have resources uh, based on that topic for young people to Which is making learning literacy. fun, basically. Exactly. Um, but it is hard to pick uh, one 
one project. Yeah, because we, I mean, all the fans will see at Christmas the Arsenal players go to visit a hospital, but I don't know why. I mean, I don't. Do the club publicise enough how much the players do with you guys? Yeah, I think it's important not to just focus on the the players. Well, the work is done by them, not in my tracksuit, but the 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 club and the week in week out. Of course, it's great when players come and it's uh, um, extra publicity. And are you going to? That's what I mean. Are you are you going to click on a, a link which says? maths club going on today probably not but if it's such and such player visit such and such school Sammy you might is be, teaching today yeah, yeah. You, might, you might be more likely to so it's um, you know the, of course the, the children love it and yeah Christmas visits are coming up soon so um, it's, a, it's a good time here. but they're, they're, it's, it's, it's week in week out so you know that's uh, important to remember and, and Alan Sefton who started it in what 1985 you say was were Arsenal one of the first to do this yeah so Alan's my boss lots of Arsenal fans know Alan know Sefton know the name certainly yeah certainly we were based at the JVC Centre, many Arsenal fans have grown up playing football and the clock in, uh, myself included. So Alan heads it all up. Yes, Arsenal, we think, we're pretty sure, we're the first club to set up a, a community department. And actually, we're, we're the only one in football who are not a separate charity or a, a arm's length trust or foundation. So that's really, it's Arsenal Football Club doing the work. And then we have the full backing of the, the club. And, you know, when it comes to, I don't know, the boring stuff like legal and IT and, you know, yeah, there's not, yeah. the, we need all that and we can't work without that. So very lucky we are that the club backs the community programme so much. Yeah, and you see that actually. Um, so I'm a season ticket holder, you know, occasionally buy some of the match day programmes and the coverage that is given in the match day programmes, it's not just a cursory, you know, here's a little corner, here's a quarter page in one of the uh, on one of the pages. It is a fair amount of time that's dedicated to it. And you see a lot of it and you hear a lot of it on the tannoys when you're either in the game or before the game or at half time and stuff. So from a fan's perspective, it, it makes you feel quite proud as well that you support a club that is is so into these additional sort of um, you know activities. Um, and it doesn't just cross over into football as well. It just moves over. I was just reading some of the bits earlier and it crosses over into other sports as well, which I find well, particularly particularly in a modern football world where, you know, perhaps clubs don't necessarily feel like they're there you know fans don't feel the club is the identity of the community which obviously where all football clubs were originally perhaps you feel a little bit detached from it sometimes with people traveling so far to games and you know mm. you know i'm not just talking about man united here but you know just generally people <laughs> who coming from an outside of area to watch their team and you don't have that local community thing but how does it interact i was going to ask you how does it interact with the, on the charity side and because obviously the arsenal foundation is quite a big charity now as well and does a lot of work does it is there a crossover there yes it's all i mean maybe to fans it's all arsenal and it doesn't doesn't matter no, but no. i guess the arsenal in the community is the delivery arm so going out delivering projects be their education or or on the estates or schools or, or wherever. Arsenal, the Arsenal Foundation is uh, an official charity which can raise money and distribute money. Previously, it was the Arsenal Charitable Trust and we've had charities of the season previously. Now it's the Arsenal Foundation. Um, uh, actually, coming up, is it the Huddersfield game? I think it is on the 8th will be the the sort of what was previously you known as a charity match day. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. that's when we get to shine a light more on the, the work we do. I, I don't think you can do it. I mean, it's good you've seen it in the programme. You can't do it all the time because then it just becomes noise so you have to kind of pick and choose your your moments but I, I just wanted to say it's interesting you were talking about sort of match day and you know I think there are quite a few Arsenal fans that will come to Islington I think it's some or it's, it's worth remembering that Islington is a place like much of London that's very divided there is a lot of poverty and deprivation in Islington and it's maybe could we say hidden um, and so there's there's a lot of uh, work that needs to be done by not just Arsenal we work in partnership with a lot of other voluntary sector organizations to you know across across all areas um, 
So it's, it's important to remember that because there's two, a, a charity we work with or an organisation called Islington Giving is always very keen to point out there's two Islingtons um, mm. and there's one which is not faring so well sometimes. And you're a lifelong Arsenal fan, obviously. I, I am. I'm a local boy, so you have yeah. to Yeah. How does it bring significantly more joy working for the football club? Because, you know, you know I, I can only imagine, I've kind of dreamt of working. Obviously, if you can't play for your football club as a footballer, you yeah. then think, well, what's the next best thing? Is this pretty much it? Yeah, I'm, I'm very lucky. I um, was first employed to set up the museum at the at the club when we moved from Highbury to Emirates Stadium. Yeah. And that was a, a dream come true. And to join us in the community afterwards. Yeah, I'm very lucky. I don't sort of feel like I, I work. It's, you know, I sort of <laughs> in, enjoy it. It's, uh, but I say it's a selfish job. I'm giving back to the, the local area where I, where I live, where I, where I you know, work and play. And it's, um, so for me, it's about mm. giving back to, to my community. The vehicle just happens to be Arsenal. Exactly. And for most football fans, you know, whether it's, it's myself or, or these guys as Arsenal fans, we all kind of go to work. We all have lives away from our football clubs. Even though we talk about it 24-7, <laughs> you live, breathe yeah. everything Arsenal. Do, do you not feel sometimes you might need a break from it? Or do you just, it, it's this is it, this is life, this is what you want to do? Well, I, I think I can keep work and Arsenal separate mm. in some respects. And I don't necessarily work match days. And I'm, you know, so this this weekend Sunday I'll just be you're a fan normal. I mean, I did have to work at the Wolves game because it was the Armistice Day game, so we were hosting veterans. Mm. But you know, that was a it's a pleasure. But um, I think if you work match days, it could get. Or I've seen it. It becomes like an event, and it becomes stressful, and you're sort of working, and so it's it's not necessarily different kind of stress yeah. to watching. <laughs> yeah, different. It's like it's like I mean, in the block I sit in, all the journalists and radio sit behind me. Yeah, and I look at people like who's going to come on later, Nick Callow, like John Cross, like Laith. These guys, are ma- these are all gooners and they can't be gooners. It's hard. It's hard when you've yeah. actually got to write their shorthand and then report straight after the game. You can't savour it. I know Laith loves his work, but you can't mm. savour it the way a fan can savour no, it. I'll tell you what, though, the single worst job it must be. Imagine if you're an Arsenal fan and you, you're a steward and you've got to face the crowd. <laughs> I mean, that's got to be painful. That's <laughs> got Lots to be of really the stewards are, are Arsenal fans, actually, and they're good, good percentage from the local area. Um, it's good to uh, shout out to Laith as well. He's always a very yeah, yeah. good friend of ours in the community and writes about you know he, he seems to be very interested in the work it. we do he gets it the yeah. work we do off the pitch and of course um football is very important but i guess away from the match day there's other important things um going on that, that we need to respond to okay we're going to take a break uh reminder arsenal fans if you've got any questions for samir about the work that the arsenal in the community do please do get them in at love sport radio is the quickest way to get them in that's via twitter um but we've got some more questions for him and also those kickoffs in the championship are going to be any minute and 15 minutes and then there's champions league once it is love sport radio and this is the arsenal fan show we've all got one and we're not afraid to put it on display our opinions that is Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter or call us 0208 70 20 558. Love Sport Radio, your fan station. Welcome back, the Arsenal Fan Show on Love Sport Radio. Dave and Chris from A Little Bit Arsenal. Dave, I was going to ask him a question then. 
but it was just a, a, a dramatic yes, pause. Dramatic pause. A dramatic pause um, from a little bit Arsenal within the studio, but we've also got Samir Singh from Arsenal in the community. We were asking about some of the projects that they do and some of the fantastic work that they do in the community. And Chris, I think you've got a question, haven't you? Yeah, as well? it was more around kind of the evolution of uh, what you what you've been doing because obviously you said you've worked at the club 13 years. Um, and I'm really interested to find out from you, you know, what was it like when you started and how different is it uh, now, uh, today? Well, obviously moving from Highbury to Emirates Stadium, I, I think it's impossible. I, I say this to children quite a lot when we have uh, we have them on workshops at school. It's just impossible to really convey how much it's changed everything from top to bottom. Obviously, it has the move, but just really how everything sort of um, professionalised. On the community side, not much has changed. We're still doing the same programmes. Uh, for the first seven years, we didn't have a base. We're, when we moved from the JVC Centre, we're now in the Arsenal Hub, which is a fantastic facility. It wasn't necessarily a bad thing because it forced us out. So previously, a lot it was a lot more schools coming to Highbury, to the JVC Centre, not having that base. Um, was a good thing in some respects and that it made us go out to the estates to the schools a lot more so um yeah but the the, the work continues as as was we still um work very closely with with islington council and work to their priorities so that's that's really key relationship for the for the club so you have to sort of remember behind the scenes we have to you know, well, you, you come match day to the match days, it's great. There's a lot of work that has to go on beforehand with street closures and residents and the council yeah. and getting permissions and licensing. And um, so Islington Council, we're constantly working with them across all, all departments. So um, they're a sort of key um, stakeholder for Arsenal Football Club. And what, um, what about, sorry, Jake, what about the size of what you're doing? Because I'm looking at this thing here, you've given me enough. 353 hours weekly delivery across 168 weekly sessions 31 community I mean this this wasn't the case in 1985 or when presumably the team I think you said how many people in the team? 24 did you say yeah well, so what was that when you started the, I mean the community department has grown a lot and, and the reason is is a lot of it is is funding led so our funding comes from the TV deal so the TV deals ah, are okay. are signed huge amounts a certain percentage is ring fence for good causes, which then gets distributed that's to the clubs. That's an Arsenal policy, or that's a no, that's a Premier League policy. So, okay, cool. so all the clubs get um, a certain amount of funding in the Premier League, and a certain um, amount has to be used for this yes, kind of project. Yes, it's ring fence for and good causes. That's a percentage of what each club gets. That's, that's really exactly. good. That's I don't think brilliant. people are really aware of that. No, no, no that's but great. funding is yeah. sort of it's not it's not sort of it's a boring thing. How are you funding? <laughs> for us, it's very important. That's yeah, it. Yeah. it helps our program. So, well, no, but uh, I think it's good to know the Premier League. I think are doing that. Football fans would would be pleased to know that you know it's not and particularly fans of clubs that don't support Premier League clubs when they think that all this money's going and obviously they've still got huge amounts of money but to know that a certain amount of it has to go to projects like this will please and not, and not Scudamore's pocket yeah but it, it will please non-Premier <laughs> League football fans yeah, I think definitely. it would yeah, uh, yeah I guess you know the, the Premier League is the clubs as well so sort of that's you know the fans are not going to necessarily think it's the Premier League I mean it's Arsenal Football Club working on the local estates and that's what they consider um but yeah so that that is where we're funding from funded from so as tv deals have have grown there has been more money pumped into this and and you mentioned other clubs i know there's there's a lot of um money that filters down to um, grassroots and, mm. and other non-league clubs as well so, so so when you started in 2005 mm. how many people were there in alan's team in alan's team they're probably about 12 of us so it's 15. doubled in size yeah we've moved to the hub and as, as more projects have come but we have a lot of part-time staff as well um but the the community department's always been one of the the biggest departments of the of the club 
Um, and yeah, we've we've now got the we're now based at the Arsenal Hub, which is our um, facility. You may have seen it on match days. It's just to the to the right of the stadium. If I you're played in it Hollywood, the other week. Did you, did you play it? Oh, <laughs> I didn't didn't see there. Um, no, it was one scoring with, 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 um, oh, okay. with Josh Landis thing. Yeah. It was it was oh, the one hunched on all fours. I could I could walk afterwards. Gasping yeah. for air. <laughs> not, do not hear him. <laughs> well, that's good. You're playing there. We we actually ran a, a project recently um, called Eurofit. This was a it's a good. A project. I use this as a good example to show the the power of Arsenal Football Club. So um, it was a men's health project. We can say this as a man. Sort of stupid men won't listen to their doctors or their wives, but they'll listen to Arsenal Football Club. So we got <laughs> men together <laughs> yes. playing sport. You know, it became competitive. But they were from all walks of life. But one thing they had in in common was Arsenal Football Club. So it was it was really good. They they you know they formed a good set of of, of friends, and you know they're looking for something to look forward to. So you know the the, the fitness was sort of. It's great if they improve their fitness, but there's a sort of social aspect as well, which is very important. So that that was a, a great project, the the, the fitness project, um, and you know a good example of the the power of of, of Arsenal. Mm. And with the kind of the the games at the weekend being almost the cherry, is there opportunities to to take people along involved in these projects to the games at the weekend? Because we talk about the classes and the courses that you do and, and you know I've been there as, as a kid and quite a disruptive one where you needed to, to <laughs> trick me to to learn which you know it, it's probably a, a, a harsh way of saying things it's kind of what you a similar thing you're doing there you, you, you're putting f- football there but putting classes there and you you then almost bribing them with football at weekends I mean how <laughs> how important is that to, to allow the kids to to have those opportunities to go watch Arsenal play because it's kind of what they all want, isn't it? Yeah, learning by stealth is what my yeah, my colleague calls it. It's a good, it, good, it was good a different way they, they used with me. <laughs> I love that. But um, it is. It, it's so important with young people to if you can do courses like this to to get them involved. But at the end of the day, there needs to be that cherry there to keep them motivated and interested, and, and getting them along to games is ultimately it, isn't it? Of course, but there's other sort of. Uh, are carrots for the for the stick if you like so as well getting to spend mm. time at Arsenal to come to the stadium stadium yeah. tours but yeah we have been lucky with um um tickets recently for games such as uh, I guess who we had recently the league Blackpool Brentford um some of the Europa League games who legends matches so I mean tickets are not going to be there's not going to be loads of tickets for North London derby because of course the, the fans have bought them and you know as it should be mm. um but you know the, the, the club look after us in many ways um I mean I'll say this we're I, I speak to colleagues from other club community departments and it makes me feel very proud of how much Arsenal backs us and very lucky to be at Arsenal in the community. And of course you can't talk about individual names as such, but of a, can you talk maybe of an example of when somebody's come into the system perhaps a little bit of not in the best place in away from say for instance school in their in their home environment and and what kind of difference of course that you guys did and, and what 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 difference it made to their lives yes yeah, so i've got a uh, example that's fresh is um one of the guys that came on our uh, was part of our freedom from torture project mm. um which is a refugee and asylum seeker project it, we we launched the evaluation on thursday so it's just fresh in my mind um, but this guy through through Arsenal has really um, found himself. We helped him get a, a job locally. Um, he's now working match days as well. Um, still very much a part of the club. So, I mean, that's, you know, it, it's great to, that he took part in a football project. Even better is now we have helped him into employment mm. um, and he's working match days, helping um, Stuart McFarlane, the club photographer. So that's that's a concrete example. Football, great. So, like someone's got 
a job out of it and we have we have helped that we've facilitated that so kind of the important thing here because we're running out of time before we need to go to the to the news if if people want to get involved in this whether they're a you know a parent and they think the child needs to go to or if they're an adult where where do they go to well, well it's quite geographically limited so they have to be I guess at schools or residents in Exeter and Cam and Hackney, it's not really open referral, so they would be referred through an agency, be it a, a school. But there, there are um, a lot of the disability football projects we run are, are, are open to all. Um, so I, I guess the best way is just to, um, I guess, follow Arsenal in the community on Twitter at AFC Community. Um, keep an eye on our projects, and we've got you know pages on the on the website. Um, but yeah, it's not really a sort of open accessing it's referral by agencies okay. a lot of the time all right well sammy it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you this evening i'm sure the chaps agree um just very quickly before i leave to leave for the news and um, there's been a few goals at uh, villa park it's 2-1 to nottingham forest nottingham forest went 2-0 up inside six minutes but tammy abraham's just pulled one back for them elsewhere in the championship it's goalless atletico madrid and locomotive moscow have both won 2-0 um, and the champions league games elsewhere all kick off at 8 p.m for the fans, by the fans, Love Sport Radio. Welcome back, Love Sport Radio, the Arsenal Fan Show. Another half an hour before we've got a switch over and then we've got Premier League side Fulham in until 10 Presently PM. Premier League side Hey, Fulham. watch it, David. You're listening, Dom. They're outside. <laughs> they're, outside. <laughs> they're ready to take your place <laughs> and give you a gentle shoulder barge on your way out. <laughs> so watch what you say. Um, so next up for Arsenal before we talk about Tottenham, you've got a Europa League game. Um but we don't know where it's being played yet, do we? What's, no, it's what, been played in Kiev. Uh, is that down so definite? far? What's what's going on? What's the situation? It's heading slowly back towards London. They'll be in Germany. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. It is taking place in Kiev because of um, martial law in the uh, Voltavar area, wherever it was. So, so I don't tension to go between too, Ukraine and Russia in that particular. I don't part. want to go too political, but we do actually like in our sort of bubble of the UK. Sometimes we don't realise just how actually terrible it is in certain parts of the world like who would have thought that in today's society we're talking about martial law in a place where arsenal are I'd, I'd never heard of going it. to play football <laughs> really should, should i know what this is what martial law i thought he was on tekken 2 he was a character <laughs> no, he plays man united <laughs> <laughs> seriously generally on tekken 2 there's a, there's a player called martial law <laughs> okay and, and if you didn't unlock the full version you could only do two players and he was one it's basically them. when you're giving the powers of governance <laughs> yeah. to the police because yeah. things right. are state in a bad, bad state I, I just talk about football i yeah. have no idea where well, no, I, no anyway but i think the reason why it's worth talking briefly about this particular game is because the squad selection is incredibly interesting because mm. we've already qualified now emery said he wants to win the group but obviously because that gives you a seeding uh, in, in, in the th- last round of 32 draw. But he's he's really taken a weaker squad than he has to the other first four, you know, the, played in the first four games. Uh, and that's an indication of how seriously he's taken the North London derby, uh, particularly given the fact that Spurs have had to play a full-strength side tonight. Mm. But there's barely, looking at the squads we've got in front of us, barely 11 first-team regulars that have gone at all. So there will be... A whole host of unfamiliar names, not only on the bench, but a couple of newbies, maybe even 
get a start in the Europa League. Yeah, I think there's probably just about enough for 11 yeah. starter, yeah. but the bench will certainly be newbies. Yeah. And I'll be completely honest, I mean, we were obviously talking to Samir in the break. I think he probably knows more about some of these players than we do because it sounds <laughs> to me like you go to more of the uh, sort of your youth team games than we do. So put, talk to us about some yeah. of the names that put, stand put out that are spot. interesting players. Yeah, yeah well, do it. Well, I do enjoy these... Uh, these kind of squads. I think under Arsene Wenger, used to, I used to enjoy the League Cup games. I used to get yeah. to see these lads have a have a run out. So I was at the uh, it was the under twenty threes at Forest Green recently. Cause I'm I'm sad like that, but it was it was you know it's good good to see the good to see these players. But um, you know I think some of the ones that you don't you know already uh, that stand out is uh, Enketia and, and Smithrow. They're mm. they're great players, and it's um, it's always good to see the young English lads come through from the from the academy. Um, but yeah, Sarka's good, good, good little player as well as, as is Willock. So um, yeah, we I hope saw they a get lot. A game of, we saw a lot of Willock last year, but we haven't seen much of him under Emery, which that's interesting. And I gather he's playing very well for the under 23s. But I think the one that's particularly interesting, not just because of this selection and, and Tottenham at the weekend, but the fact that with Welbeck injured. I, I gather Niketia was going to go on loan in January and he now isn't. Okay. So that suggests that he's going to get game time to prove whether or not we need to dip into the window in January would be my guess because Niketia is the, the step up for Welbeck. What, was Maitland Niles in the previous squad recently? He did come back from injury. But he was injured for a while. Wasn't yes, he? he was. He got injured so playing at the beginning of the season but he's, he's played a couple of run-outs in central midfield in the Europa. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be interesting to see. I'm just trying to work out in my head what the formation yeah. will be. No, so I'm looking at who, the who's going to play. Surely you've got Czech. He'll play Lichtsteiner at right back. Um, I reckon he'll probably do the same again and play Jenkinson left back. Yeah. Are we talking then, you know, who plays in central defence? Is that Holding and someone help me out here? Yeah, I, I, after after Holding to play actually, with him. The, the, the Pleggy, could... Pleggy who played in the last round is not mm. in the squad, actually. Yeah, maybe he's... Um, or the, uh... oh, he'll play, he'll play uh, El Nenny. Yeah, at centre back. Well, could you not play Lichtenstein as centre half and Maitland Niles and Jenkinson as the wing backs? I think he'll play El Nenny centre back and he'll play Gwenduzi and Maitland Niles in the middle because that is his third and fourth choice centre midfield player now ahead of El Nenny. I think. What's your gut feel, Samir? Then, what would you be your? Is that about right? Or? Yeah, that sounds. I mean, hopefully, some of the younger players will get a get a chance. But yes, yeah, it's, it's it's interesting to see uh, Emery's approach to. To games and how he, you know, plays a, a, a team to, to fit the game. So. But how are we feeling about the Europa League in general? I know we're already through, so looking beyond tomorrow, mm. are we are we excited? Not wait, are we excited about yeah. it? Yeah, I quite like it because you see, what's happening is that this season there's not a A team and B team. It feels like what uh, Emery's done with some of the games is he's kind of um, blooded together the blended. sides. Yeah, yeah. it's blended. Blended. That's, that's Blooded together. <laughs> Blooded, blended. He's done whatever. what, Christopher? <laughs> <He's> done what. <laughs> but it does feel like it's more, you know, you know, he's played certain players in the competition um, and he's played all the players, I think, yeah, pretty at much. different times within the competition. So it doesn't actually feel like, oh, you know, you're just Last beating. year it was literally it was, two teams. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but apart from the fact that you've got, you've had this opportunity to see these new players, is there not a part of you that really wants to go and do something in this competition this year? Absolutely. Massively, yeah. Mm. And I can't wait to, you know, but not many the, clubs... when it is the round of 32 and it's all knockout. Literally, oh, yeah. got, you've got an extra round of knockout cup football. Fantastic. I think a lot of the fans that go to away games are saying one benefit of the this Europa League is all these new places to go so they've certainly got some ad- adventures they've with got the, two in one here this time but most teams though particularly the big six who each year one of them tends to drop into the Europa League it's just a massive inconvenience and I'm sure you felt like that in the summer but has your, has your feeling on it changed? Definitely I, actually I'm not, sure that we felt, I'm not sure we I didn't feel like that in the summer because uh, getting to the semi-final against Atletico 
you know, that was quite an exciting run. And, mm. and we were two games away first, from getting back in the Champions League, that, effectively, that at that first point. leg, we should have absolutely battered them. And if yeah. we'd have battered them, then, yeah. you know, all of a sudden we're in a final and I get to go I've just, abroad, I've just thought so. something that is a surprise. No Laurent Koscielny. Well, he had half an hour, didn't he, for yeah, the Yeah, so I thought he might have gone. Mm. I thought he might have gone with the score. But, Dave, something you said there, which I'm going to pick up on, you, you, you mentioned the Atletico and basically being two games away from mm. winning it and being back in the Champions League. Yeah. I've got a problem with that. Because to me, you're saying that the big thing about winning the Europa League is that it gets you back in the Champions League. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, looking back at last year when we got to that position, I'm mm. annoyed with us that we didn't do but, it. I'm not saying that's the reason to be in it. But, it's, a, it's a bonus. But I mean, surely... Silverware's the reason to yeah, be in it. The, yeah, the, the, yeah. But it really gripes me when people say when they get into the Europa League, it's like, oh, it's an opportunity if we win it to get in the Champions League. It was like, no, no it's an sorry. opportunity I, I didn't, to win I, did, your... I, didn't, I definitely didn't okay. mean it like that. But, I, but, I'm not one of those fans. But yeah, the, the, the opportunity <laughs> is to actually win a European Cup, yeah, which no. you know is significantly better than qualifying yeah. for the Champions League, surely. And, and let's be honest, like we've won the Cup Winners' Cup and that's been it in our history. So the idea the first of... Cup. Yeah. Okay. Before <laughs> my time, though, uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna push that one to one side because I'm, I'm too young for that. So, um, but, but for us, you know, that would be amazing. That's like life, def- mm. not life. Is it life defining? I, th- well, I don't know. I think it would be. You know, you never gonna see that Cup. again. I mean, yeah. you talk think about it from a Leicester perspective. You know, winning the league. You know, that's uh, you, you've got people saying that's I'm never gonna see that again. And you've got like probably dads saying to their ten year old kid, you probably aren't ever gonna see that again. So drink it in. Absolutely. Right. In that game in Villa Park. Flipping it. There's been another goal. Uh, 22 minutes played. It's now 3-2 to Nottingham Forest. Uh, Millwall are still losing 1-0 to Birmingham. Swansea West Brom is 1-0 in the 8pm Champions League kickoffs. They are... That just sounds about to say they're all goalers. Napoli have just scored. They are now leading, which is quite telling for PSG against Liverpool. I'll have to have a look in the break at the. At the That's possible... bad for Liverpool, I think. That is, isn't it? I'm going to have to check though and tell you exactly now what they need to do. They're away at PSG tonight. It's Love Sport Radio. It's the Arsenal Fan Show. This is Love Sport. Uh, so I have just looked at the group and what it means for Liverpool. So Napoli are leading Red Star Belgrade, which means in my live table, they are top on nine points. Liverpool are second on seven. PSG third on six. Red Star fourth on four. But what that means is because Liverpool are away at PSG, if Liverpool were to lose this evening, they would then go into their final game against Napoli needing a result. But if they win at PSG this evening then they are through. So, it's tough, of course, but there's still so much more to play for. It's flipping our group, though, isn't it? Mm, Napoli-PSG. Yeah. And and, and Napoli, it's a really good group. But anyway, back to Arsenal. We're going to head over to the phone lines. Nick Callow from Haters Sports Agency joins us now. Nick, good evening. Evening, guys. Can you hear me okay? We can, we can. Loud and clear. How are we? We well? Good. Very well. Yeah, I've got a bit of a headache, though, listening to those permutations from the... Yeah. Liverpool group. Oh, and just as we speak, PSG have scored. Oh, gosh. So there's new penalties. And Nick's supposed to be writing a report on this for tomorrow, aren't you, Nick? Yeah, <laughs> no, <I don't> <laughs> so <laughs> Arsenal comes so, first. We might have to go to yeah, another, another another break so I can work out the permutations <laughs> again. <laughs> I can't do yeah. it on the spot. But I think I think actually because I was looking at this earlier myself this morning, um, 
Liverpool can lose that game tonight and they would then have to beat Napoli by two, two clear goals. Two goals at the moment, yeah. Yeah, no, it'd be very, very tough indeed. And mm. and bad news for Arsenal if, well, regardless, whoever drops into the Europa League from that group is not going to be good news for anyone, is it? No. Mm. no Can't they finish true. fourth in the group then? <laughs> um, yeah, they can actually, but we need Red yeah, Star can, Belgrade. Can, yeah. I said, yeah. look, it's really confusing. Not anyway, Let's getting back to the Arsenal. Group C in the Champions League. Let's talk about Arsenal. Yeah. Nick, we were just talking about we were just talking about the squad selection for the Europa, and if it gives us any yeah. indication, it's a very you know it's a very weak squad relative to what he's been selecting previously in this competition, and I think probably Holding is the only player I look at this squad and think he might start against against Tottenham. Would it, have you seen the squad? Uh, you know what? I haven't seen the squad. I apologise okay. for not. Being well, there's no. There's there. basically only only Tell Mkhitaryan me, yeah. and Holding who started at the weekend have have flown out to Kiev. That's a so, surprise. Yeah, so some of the players who have been in this. Why, I, was, I was covering the match at Bournemouth on Sunday, and one of the last questions in the press conference was, what are you going to do about the match on Thursday? Bearing in mind you've got Tottenham on Sunday, you're going to, and you've qualified. And you, surely you're going to rest a lot of players. He goes, oh, no, no, let, he goes, I'm going to make a big, big decision on that on Tuesday because it's very important to me that we win the group, not just qualify. I've got to win the group, and I want to take a strong team there. And he has had a habit of, Taking players, even if he doesn't play them. Yeah. So if, he has, if, he's, if he's not even taking players, that, that really shows. Well, I think the starting 11 is going to be strong, but the bench is going to be very young by the looks of it. Mm. Well, that's so, not a bad thing, is it? That's no, it's good, it's good for the game we're looking forward to on Sunday, anyway. And so. it's a shame for the fans that it's been switched to Kiev, the ones that have already you know, made their way out to yeah, the, the horse the and cart. <laughs> I was going to ask you a question yeah. on the just before Chris. I think Chris got a question, but I was going to ask you talking about the press conference at Bournemouth. Did anybody mm. ask him about the change to three four three and ask whether he's likely to stick with it? Because I guess that's what most fans yeah. would be wondering ahead of the weekend. Yeah, I mean, he, he he fielded a few questions on that, and the problem with Unai is that his grasp of English is sort of random at best. He's working so hard on it, and it's improved a hell of a lot since he first became manager. But he doesn't like to answer or is unable to answer questions that directly. And the three man at the back, it was put to, you know, why did you do this? You know, what's, what's the reason for this change? He said, well, he said, if you look back, I did it a bit pre-season and it's not totally new to us. But he, he essentially said, I'm still trying to work out how to get the best out of this group of players and what is the best formation, who's going to fit in best and, and how to do it best. And he said, it's just something I wanted to have a look at. I thought it would suit the match against Bournemouth. Whether we do it again, I haven't decided yet. But it's important to me, he was saying, that I look at all the different options of how best to, to play the team. I don't know what you guys thought, but... Um, yeah. Bit, well, it still looked like they're, they're going to concede the goal because as well as they've been playing attacking, they've always looked like they've got a goal in them at the back, don't you think? Yeah, I think that's one of the challenges that we've had. And I, I, I guess I go back in my head to thinking he, just, he still doesn't know his, his best team. He still doesn't know his best mm. eleven, and he doesn't act. Does he actually know his best formation as well? And on the one hand, that worries you slightly as a, as I a fan. I don't think it should matter but, just yet. Yeah, I mean, he's still picking up results. We're eighteen without defeat, so mm. we shouldn't really complain too much. 18? Is it 18, 17? 17. A lot, 17. a lot. <laughs> Seventeen. Right. I'm just preempting tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, but he he was saying, um, you know, before the I remember the press conference before the Bournemouth game. Someone saying, yeah, you could this could make it seventeen unbeaten because. Yeah, he goes. He goes. Yeah, that's true. But we've drawn the last three games, and that's that's not good enough for us. You know, these draws against Wolves and what have you, 
I can't remember the, the, the three goals are against now. But um, he said we need to be winning these games. We need to go to Bournemouth and places like that and, and win matches. And, and he did it. And he's always been playing down this winning run, saying, well, yeah, the results have been OK, but have a look a bit closer. We I mean, haven't been playing that well, certainly not as well as I would like. And I think the players are saying similar things too. And I saw Steve Bolton. You know, there's still a lot more to come from this team. It's just encouraging that they're grinding out results. And when they go behind, they come. When they have setbacks, they don't let their heads don't drop, and the fans' heads don't drop. So I don't know if you sort of picked, I don't know if any of you were at Bournemouth on Sunday, but at the end of the game, uh, there's some big celebrations with the fans in that away section afterwards. Yeah. And when Bellerin sort of took his shirt off and, and handed it to them, all the whole of the travelling fans were singing Hector's name. Yeah. Which I haven't heard for a while. He did have a great game. That. So on 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 that um, from the end of the Bournemouth game, obviously he would have been asked about the and was asked about the Ozil selection or lack of. Yeah. Um, you know, what's your view on that? And and do you think we're almost definitely going to see Ozil uh, line up uh, against Tottenham on Sunday? <laughs> yeah. Um. I think he he will probably come in for Mkhitaryan. I'd imagine, especially as Mkhitaryan is going to, as you say, is going to play tomorrow night. He, you know. Unlike Arsene, he doesn't defend Ozil. And um, there was an incident earlier in the season, was it, was it the West Ham game when he was ill or wasn't ill? You know, my information for that game was that he had been told he was going to be substitute and stormed out and didn't want to have really to do with it. Wow. And the, but it was, it was West Ham, wasn't it? West Ham at home. When he was, they had the late illness. Mm. Revelations going on in well, last sport. You say revelations, but I think quite a few people were saying at the time, and I got... And I was told that the night before the before the game. Interesting. And um, I mean, but her bloke down the pub. <laughs> well, no, no, it wasn't. It was by someone at the club. It was by someone at the club, and that yeah, there'd been a, when he when he was told he wasn't going to play, he sort of, he, he stormed off. And the person who told me said, if you ask the club, they'll probably say that he's ill. And that all turned out to be true. And I spoke to someone else at the match because Unai was really going to great lengths to say. No, 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 no. There's been no, you know, he, the guy is ill. He even came in to the changing room today to wish us all luck. You know, there's no bad feeling here at all. And so I said, well, hang on, if he's ill, what's he doing in the changing rooms? He said, oh, well, you know, he's not that. He's, he's feeling better. I said he could come in if he's feeling better. It was all very strange anyway. And on I that bombshell, he... Nick, we're going to have to let you go. Oh, <laughs> so, just, just, <laughs> just in mid-flow. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry, Nick. Anyway, so I think Ozil will play. Yeah, I think he's sort of won the respect back a bit. But, um, yeah, there's a strange relationship developing there. Okay, top man Nick, thank you very much. Thank you. Nothing. Nick Callow there from Haters Sports Agency. Uh, not long left of this evening's show. We're going to take a break and then we will look ahead and get your guys' views ahead of that Spurs game. 5.58 a.m. Love Sport. Yes, welcome back. We are in the final straight injury time, almost, of the Arsenal fan show. But just quickly in these championship games, um, the Villa Forest game is now 3 all. Just over half an hour played. Tammy Abraham has now got himself a hat-trick. Uh, you've got your money's worth if you've bought a ticket to go to that one tonight. Does that not feel like one of those, you know, you go to five a side and then you get home and your wife's like, how'd you get on? Yeah, I scored six goals yeah. tonight. <laughs> it, it may you've, end you've up never like said, that. You've never said that though, have you, Chris? Yes, I have. <laughs> you've heard I one of your mates. <laughs> anyway, should we talk about that Spurs game? Because, you know, Europa League qualification is secured. We're taking a young squad, which is nice to see, but it's all really geared towards, isn't it? The big one against Spurs next. Are we are we confident still going into a derby like this, or is is the tide changing? Kind of going into these games. I'm always the pessimist of us lot, yeah, so I'm are, never confident. 
I don't know why. I'm always nervous, I'll tell you that much. Uh, I, I'm very nervous, I'm always nervous. But I, I, I didn't see that Spurs performance at Wembley against Chelsea coming. I, don't, I really didn't. Mm. They haven't had a great record at Wembley this season compared to last season. It took them a while to get going last season. When they got going, you know, thinking about Dortmund game, Madrid, they beat a lot of good sides at Wembley this season. They've been stuttering mm. a bit. I remember they, they just, they were 1-0 down against Fulham with 10 minutes to go. They've had a few games where they've just got across the line and they haven't been convincing. So who saw who saw that coming? I mean, Chelsea were you know, unbeaten for the whole season. They've been quietly almost going about their business this year, despite I know it's we shouldn't be going on about this still when we're getting to nearly December. But with the no signings in the stadium, there was so much kind of around Spurs this year, which we've not had to deal with at any other point under Pochettino's reign. And it's kind of almost strange to see actually they're well in the mix for pretty much everything still this season, apart from the Champions League. Mm. Well, I hope this evening's game is you know, it's a big one for them. We looked at the squad for Arsenal tomorrow, so I hope that could hopefully have an effect. But yeah, but I'm always very nervous before the North London derby. Be up, be up I, I, think, I think the bookies will make it very hard to call. I think on form, they're probably slightly ahead of us, but home advantage probably evens that up. So I think it'll be... I think it'll be very close odds I'm either, hoping, either way. I'm hoping well, my friend nudged me in the, in the pub on Sunday and said, Unai Emery's second half army. So I'm, I'm hoping that, <laughs> you know, what'll be most goals in the second half and like four times the amount of the first half. A strong second half at home is what you want like, in, the, in, the, in a derby. Yeah, yeah, although with the Liverpool game, you know, another big team, another big game, we started really well, didn't we? Yeah. That first half, you know, oh, we had a good to, Arsenal yeah. performance. Yeah. So, But team nice. selections wise, what are we doing? Because obviously we, we, we've rested with the Europa League. We dropped Ozil for, for Bournemouth. Yeah. Well, do, do we stick with 3-4-3? Three, three? Do we stick with the same team with Bournemouth? Or are there certain players you think, uh, they're right for this game? I just, I'm very surprised. I think maybe Rob Holding's not going to start at the weekend. Yeah, I would have said I think that. he's going to go back to 4-2-3-1 with, with uh, Socrates and Mustafi, how he started the season. That's unfortunate for Rob Holding. Yeah. I think that looks like that might be the case. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's a good um, point to, to, to think and to probably expect he'll start tomorrow. He's uh, unlikely to then play again yeah. Sunday. But the other thing is, the other question mark is, is Lacassette going to be fit? And if Lacassette's fit, it will be Iwobi, Ozil and Aubameyang behind Lacassette and the same team. But just the one change, I think, for the for Premier League side. The yeah. normal team, I mean, not the one that played at the weekend, maybe. And I think I'd be happy with that, to be fair. Yeah, it would be very harsh on Rob Holding on current form but yeah I think you'll go Mustafi and Socrates I think and how important has Lacazette been because he's he's almost contributed more off the bench this year hasn't he no, at times no, well no he's, he's, he didn't start the first four or five games but mm. since then he's pretty much started most Aubameyang's been the one who's been but scoring not, more off the bench do you not sometimes look at him and think yes great player happy to see him start but if things aren't going our way we need game changers and maybe he's someone who can have more impact there yeah, it's interesting to see Emery's uh, selections. I'm hoping for a big, big game from Torreira. I think this is one when the derby's fans favourite. I think I was listening to Bournemouth yeah. first first chant, first name the fans are singing after a minute. So that's what you want in a derby in the middle of the park. You're a good, good little player. No, it is, isn't it? Actually, it's a great point. This is the first opportunity for some of these Arsenal players who haven't played in this game before to almost kind of you know, warm themselves, endear themselves a little bit more to, to you boys and say oh. Torreira is, is a great one who feels like this is a great game for him. If he goes in, crunching a couple yeah. of tackles first five minutes, just going to love him that little bit more. Yeah, and it could be, uh, it could also be uh, Granite Shacker's first North London derby as captain. Well, it will be because mm. he will be captain at the weekend. Yeah, very so, interesting uh, yeah. indeed. But we can have a quick round of predictions. Yes, though? please. Thank you, Dave. We're drawing 1-1. One, one. <laughs> After Sorry. all that, all that build-up, you don't even <laughs> give an Arsenal win. Sorry. Three one to the Arsenal. I'm superstitious with uh, predictions. Five two then. Fingers and toes crossed. <laughs> Fingers and toes crossed.
No, you, come on. No, I don't. I'm superstitious. I'm not doing it in the pub. I'm not doing it on the radio. Superstition. Well, cheers, Samir. Jake, are you going to make a prediction <laughs> as a non-Arsenal host of this show? I think it will be to all. I knew you were going to sit on the fence. <laughs> I knew you were going to sit on the fence. I've got to. I've got to. It's my job. But, chaps, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, cheers, man. Tomorrow's straightforward, but I hope that everyone is happy after the North <laughs> London Derby next week. Uh, we'll see you all soon. Not everyone, just the Arsenal fans. Everyone happy. <laughs> For the fans, by the fans, Love Sport Radio.